Come on. So I got one. Come on and take a free ride. Sleepwalker is up and loaded. I'm trying to get uh, Commandy to open up. Open up, Commandy. I've hit it three times, and it's just not popping up. Knock three times on Commandy if you hit it. Ice on the pipes. It's going to open up. the answer is no. Seven or eight windows. Open away, open away, open away now. I gotta get a soda. I gotta close it. <laughs> Is it Mountain Dew? Is it warm? It's diet and it's cold. Because oh. we had to get a second refrigerator. Oh, we gotta move God. these refrigerators. <laughs> move these color TVs. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. 12 pack in the refrigerator. None of us has got a six-pack, that's for sure. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro. I'm here with Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And we are joined by Chris, the hair metal hero, Tyler. Hey, it's me, America's favorite guest host. Yay! Hey, I'm going to call up some friends and invite them over. Yay! Why do you sound like Dr. Nick? I'm I can be Dr. Nick. Nick. It's the Dr. Nick voice, but it's I the bit be, of the, the I can be Henchman, can be Henchman 24 from the Venture Brothers. <laughs> do you remember the thing that wouldn't leave on Saturday Night Live? That, that's me. I could be it was John, John, uh, John Belushi was yes. the thing that wouldn't leave. And uh, Bill Murray and Lorraine Newman were like a married couple who had a party and he just yep. like the party was over and they wanted to go to bed. And he was like <laughs> going through their album saying, oh, I'm going to borrow these. I'm gonna, you mind if I call up a couple of friends and invite them over? Uh, I think I do remember that. I remember that one, too. Speaking of SNL, uh, Richard Belzer passed away. He used to be the opening him. opening comic for uh, like opening up, doing the warm up act for the audience. I remember him most clearly from the uh, there, there was a comedy club in Manhattan called Catch a Rising Star. Mm-hmm. And when they had their 10th anniversary, they did a, an HBO special with all the people who had yep. performed there. Yep. And, and I remember his bit on that for some reason. Then he was that was my punch. first exposure to Belzer. Then he was Munch and, on like every show ever. Wasn't he even on an episode of the X-Files? I think he was. As Munch. Yeah, I believe he was. Hey, you know, that's what that working actors work, man. Yep. <laughs> well, Nothing wrong with that. we're not on Saturday Night Live. We're on BTTB. We're funnier than Saturday Night Live. Modern. Have you guys been doing any comic buying lately? Uh, uh, no, but no. I have been gifted uh, by a friend of the show, Kirk. 
Greenfield, Grunfeld, however you wish to pronounce it. He sent me something uh, just after Christmas. Uh, I don't know the exact date. It was a Christmas present, but I've been so busy with things going on in life. I, I still have them un- unopened in front of me. He sent me uh, uh, a book about Kang called Timeless and also Avengers War Across Time with Alan Davis art. Cool. Nice. So I haven't had a chance to read them yet. I will read them and we'll probably do them on a show in the future. Oh, well, I've been spending what little disposable income I have on models and uh, Dungeons & Dragons stuff. And, uh, yeah. So that's what I've been getting my nerd jollies. I don't know. I, I've yeah. been filling some holes in my want list. And I've... Oh, that reminds me. I get books and books to send to you. Do you? Hopefully it's not something that I've purchased in the list. Month uh, or two. Well, it was, it, was, it was some Silver Surfers that were on your list. And, uh, okay, well, I, I have not some really gotten much West in the Coast list Avengers. I think I only need one more one more issue of West Coast Avengers, actually. Oh, well, uh, send me the list. Send me your want list for Silver Surfer and West Coast again. Unless, unless you told me you were give, sending me some and I it could them off my want list and I don't actually have them. Oh, crap. You might want to check that. <laughs> so let me, yeah, let me double check that. Get they were the in logs. a separate pile. I have them in a separate pile from the other books because I've had to incorporate one of my children back into my home. I had so, to incorporate my mother-in-law into my home. Uh, but you don't have three mother-in-laws. I have three children and they all still live in my home. Yeah, when they're all gone, you'll miss them, I'm sure. My wife? Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, I'm glad. Well, you know, sometimes you got to help people out, you know. Yep. But, but she like brought back a whole life that she's been living for a few years. And but hey, we got a storage center, and hey, it gave me an excuse to get some of my crap out of the house. I but, keep hey. saying, when, when they, as soon as they leave, we're gonna move and not give them the forwarding address. Oh Jesus! You're one of those. Move, people. You're gonna move down by me. That's a possibility. Yay! If I hit the lottery, I'll be right down there with you. But uh, yeah, lately I've been I I've spent a little bit more than I usually did. I've bought a few issues, like more of the key issues on my list. Um, one of the ones that that or the book I'm covering today is one that I purchased recently. You know, and by by more money, I don't mean you know that I'm spending extravagant amount of money, but I've been in the last couple of years doing like the one dollar and two dollar books for the most part, occasionally going to the five dollar books. Oh my god. Now now I've gone, you know, like with the book that I'm covering today, I think I spent ten dollars for it. Mm. Well it's so, like fifty years old, so I don't blame you. Yeah. So it, it's and, and it's the first issue in a series and you know, it's I, I I've gotten a few more of those of late. So I've uh, I've been a little less frugal than I have been known to be in the past. Yeah, but that will I, come to an end. Yeah, I've been overspending on records. <laughs> yeah, the records so. I tried, I try to limit myself on the records to what am I actually going to put on the turntable? I'm doing the same mm. thing. Unfortunately, I have a really good used place five minutes from the house, and they get new stuff in every week, and they tell you what's coming in on Facebook. So it's like, oh God, why did I have to look today? <laughs> like, it's like oh. I gotta get, I gotta get there before somebody buys all the metal records because you can never find them. I finished because uh, when I was up in Michigan helping Katie pack up and and you know load up the storage pod and ship that down uh, in some of my off time, even though oh oh yes I I don't think I even told you about this Paul, I found what has to be the ultimate man's store it was an an old ace hardware 
that was that 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 sells hardware, mm-hmm. sells winter clothing like oh. work work outfits and clothes, comic books, models, RC cars, what? and Boy Scout stuff and Girl what? Scout stuff. Yeah, it was all. It was like a a a. It used to be an Ace Hardware, but it was like franchised out. But the back half was comics and models and stuff. And I was like, you know, my wife's like, oh my god, you're never gonna get out of here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's 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 heaven. But one but while I was up in Michigan, uh, because I was loading up so much stuff, my back was killing me and I could not sort through any comic boxes. But I did go to bookstores because there was like an overabundance of regular bookstores up there right around where where my where my daughter lived. And I was able to find a bunch. of I was able to finish off my uh Star Trek, um, uh, the Alan Dean Foster series of the animated stories nice. in books. So I was able to finish that off, and I was able to finish off the regular ones by James Blish. So I've got all the logs for for all of the original series. I got them all, and I've started to read them from the first one. So I got those, and I got a few other, like, I found books that were, like, uh, a compendium of a few books m- mashed together, so now I can get rid of like four books and have one book t- take its place on my shelf. So that that was good. I found some books I didn't even know existed from <laughs> from authors I like, and I'm like, I didn't. Oh my god, I gotta buy this. So oh, yeah, must have been like cringing. Oh, we well, we had to put the box of books I bought into the 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 pod that was being shipped down from Michigan. <laughs> Because we had no room in the car. <laughs> I was like, can I just bring one book? She's like, no. Well, read the books you already brought with you. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you come into the car, she's got the rolled up newspaper. She smacks you on the nose with it. What did you do? What, what did is that you book? do? What is, it? what is that in your back pocket? I'm sorry. It's I'm a sorry. paperback. It was 35 cents. I didn't have it. Well, she was going crazy. The first bookstore we went to, I couldn't find anything, right? She walks out with six books, and I'm like, what whoa, the hell whoa, happened whoa. here? And that gives yeah. you a license. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we had to get a box to put all the books in. <laughs> she came out with six books. You came out with 600. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I picked up a lot of a lot of books. Nice. A lot of books. So, but in, how many were comic books? None. No comic books. All, all fantasy, uh, sci-fi, Star Trek uh, books. And man, I couldn't find one Star Trek book. I mean, one Star Wars book anywhere because I've been trying to go back and finish off the, the Legends, the classic prior the original to the original EU. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get all those because I've got about eighty percent or more of them. So, uh, man, I couldn't find one. But you know they're out there somewhere. I'll find them. Well, if I hit the uh, the good used bookstore near me, and I'll uh, take a peek and let you know what they got. Alrighty, all right, all right, all right. All right. Or I'll read, I'll read, I'll read. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> so, comic books, huh? What do yeah. you got today, Bill? Now you know what. Before I torture Doctor Bill on, on the air, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say. He didn't even know we were going to record tonight until 
an hour and a half ago when I called him up and said, we're recording. Do you want to come on? And where so, was I? I was slaving away, still at work. Yeah. So he's he's got an excuse to not have a book this time. Once. I, I always have an excuse. <laughs> no, but this time you have an excuse we'd actually accept. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. You got that going for you. Which is mm-hmm. nice. So, Hero. Yes. You and I got books. Yes. You want to do yours or you want me to do mine? Ah, we'll do mine first. Why not? And if I'm on the show, chances are you know what I'm going to be covering. Uh, Sailor Moon. Oh, I cover. But... Princess of Gemworld. Uh, well, that's, well, that's what I would normally be doing, too. Yeah, if we, yeah, we can get back were. to that, too. That was fun. i got to figure out where we left off. Second issue, third issue? I don't uh, even know. I think we got third I mean, or fourth. You, you do that on an episode when I'm not there with you, okay? Oh, oh That's the deal. You're sticking uh, Yes. All right. <laughs> well, since, yeah, since I am on the show, we are going to be covering the next issue of Sleepwalker. Which is issue 13, Lucky 13. And uh, a little bit of information for you. This is uh, Sleepwalker number 13 on sale in April of 92, cover date June 92 for one dollar and one quarter. It is titled Blinded by the Light, written by Bob Budiansky, drawn by that, Brett Blevins. Yep. Now hold on, that title. For years, you know, the song Blinded by yep. the Light. Now it's wrapped up like a deuce. Deuce being a car, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Another runner in the night. Well, because you know what I... I I know you you thought the same thing that a lot of people think. Doucher, yes, it's douche. Well, but then then the next line, like a runner... What do you want? I mean, come on, Springsteen wrote it. Of course it's crap. Anyway, that's enough of the misunderstood song lyrics portion of the show. What was that, Paul? I said, I'm a fan of Springsteen's music. I mean, I, obviously. Not necessarily Springsteen the man, but the music I'm a fan of. <laughs> all right. it's all right. Hey, look, it's in the United States. You're entitled to like whatever you want. And I'm entitled to give you crap about it. <laughs> and, and you will. <laughs> and I will. So, <laughs> Blinded by the Light, written by Bob Budiansky. For, what, for whatever the case may be, uh, the Manfred Mann version of Blinded by the Light better. is superior to the Bruce Springsteen version. Yes. Mm. Yes, it is. All right. Inker was Mike Manley, and the letterer was Richard Starkings. <laughs> All right, so if we recall from the last couple of issues, Sleepwalker's just had his uh, throwdown with the government agency that's been contracted to try to bring him in, experiment on him, whatever it might be, sinister, nefarious government agency stuff. And uh, and by this point, you know, a year in, uh, Sleepwalker's starting to feel the pressure of being stuck in Rick's mind. He's kind of, you know, struggling with the... On again, off again, being in his head, being out in the world and not being able to go to his home in the mindscape. And uh, we start off the issue and that's basically what's going on. Well, Paul, you there? What happened to Hero? I'm here. Oh, can you not hear me? Did I cut out a little? Yeah, you're saying he's. Yeah, you were gone. It was. Dead oh, silence. well, like, gone, man. Gone. All right, well, uh, Sleepwalker wants to be Hello? gone. Out of... Re- oh, yeah, we can hear you, Paul. <laughs> I can hear you. Can you, 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 you... 
He can't hear us. Paul, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hello, 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 hello. Hmm. We we can hear you. I'm gonna text him that. Wait. In the chat. Oh, we. I hear rustling. I hear rustling. He's he's fiddling. I hear you, Paul. We hear you. Yes, I hear you, Clem Fandango. Shut the f- Clem Fandango. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Can you oh, not? you there? Yes. Wait, wait, hello? Okay. I can hear you again. Oh, praise Jeebus. Jeebus. Oh. Yeah. Save me, Jeebus. Right, okay. Hold on, let me just make sure my recording is still going. It does look like it is. It is the only thing speaking. Uh, Get out of there! Sorry. <laughs> All right. At least the Skype recording is going, so I'm not going to worry yes. about if the. Uh, you can edit you my know. jibba jabba. You can keep it in. You can do whatever you I, want. I don't know if it'll come up in the recording. It should come up in the recording. Anyway. Well, the last thing I recall you, I heard you say, Hero, was uh, that uh, either I think you said that Sleepwalker was feeling the pressure of uh, not yes. being able to go. So I think that's where you left off. He's at. feeling the pressure of not being able to go home, and you know, and that's basically just a catch up for us, the audience. And uh, we get a little uh, reminder that he's looking for his Imaginator device, this little badge that will allow him to get back to the Mindscape. We cut to Rick, um, not really being a stalker because Alyssa and her new boyfriend are just happen to be walking by him, and you can kind of tell that uh, her new boyfriend's kind of a shit heel. And uh, Rick's just like, whatever, if she's happy, then she's happy. And, um, you know, night falls again, Rick goes to sleep. Sleepwalker pops out, doing the best kind of uh, Stan Lee, oh my god, these people don't like me, what am I going to do with myself? When all of a sudden, he is kind of mesmerized by some uh, glowing lights emanating from the roof of a building. Uh, He's instantly attracted to it. He drops himself down to the roof of the building. We cut inside and we see uh, a mad scientist and his beautiful, hot, blonde assistant working with a synthetic diamond uh all while this is going on there is a robber on the top of the building where the lights are streaming out of and the uh sleepwalker decides to uh stop him because he is still a hero and the burglar runs off screaming and uh sleepwalker floats down and introduces himself he's like oh this light it's amazing what's going on tell me all about it Great, good stuff. Then we flip the page, and then I have to be reminded of Roger Clemens because there's an ad for uh, some flair baseball cards, and it's like, screw you, Roger Clemens. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the last we see of Sleepwalker as he's looking at these uh, lights, uh, he's kind of got this kind of look on his face like, ooh, yeah, this is my, this is, mm, give me this, give me this light. We cut to Rick's unconscious mind, where Sleepwalker, with a maniacal grin, is talking to little Ricky Sheridan in the Mindscape, saying, uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm happy. I found this thing out in the real world that I like, so uh, yeah, I gotta get back out there. Cut to Rick being Rick, and uh, Alyssa, he sees Alyssa. I don't know, I, God, God, New York must be really small, because um, they see each other all the time. Uh, Rick is again failing at his duties as, as helping the superintendent of the place that he's living in, and he goes to comfort Alyssa, who has clearly just had a bad encounter with her new boyfriend, and they decide to have lunch. Um, 
cut again to Sleepwalker the next night or that night, going back to where the synthetic diamond with all of the fun colored lights are coming out of it. And he's shown, and the audience has shown, that all these different uh, wavelengths of light can do different things, like project holograms or melt metal, blah, 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 blah. Great. Um, and then in a real ripper of a panel, we have an extremely angry sleepwalker grabbing the form of little Ricky in Rick's mind and saying, you need to get me out of here now because I need to get back to this light. And little Ricky says, all right, I'll put Rick to sleep just this one time. <clears throat> Great. Uh, <laughs> Sleepwalker bursts out. Just got drug fiend face on him like he's ready. He needs to go to the light. Breaks into where the scientist and the uh, doing the experiments with the light. And uh, he's just like, I need light. Give it to me. Give it to me now. And just the, the panels of him just, mm, it's like he's getting sucked off by an angel. That's, that's the face he's making. Um, you can keep that in or edit it. It might be funnier if you bleep it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a sleepwalker we have not seen. He is clearly being affected by the uh, spectrum of light coming out of this. And uh, just him shoving the scientist around, breaking stuff. He's not happy. And at this point, he's totally tweaked because he's now he's out in the world and he thinks everything's the mindscape. He tries to he sees his girlfriend from the mindscape and he goes over and it's just a regular woman on the street she starts pelting him with her handbag as you're you know want to do um uh, so he's he's tripping balls big time uh we got a nice double not quite a double page splash but it's just him just succumbing to the to the effects of the of the light and uh just every villain that he's encountered up to this point is just calling him out you know giving him grief and saying that they're going to make sure that he suffers. Uh, and he says, I need to get back to the diamond. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we cut back to the science experiment here. And uh, Sleepwalker is looking a little ragged. And uh, the same burglar that was uh, stopped by him a couple of nights ago is now there. And uh, Sleepwalker is not even able to stand up. The guy's kicking the crap out of him. The guy goes to steal the diamond. <clears throat> The scientist that was working on the diamond tries to get in his way. Uh, burglar shoots the scientist. Sleepwalker's not happy about it. And then we see the hot blonde assistant uh, pick up a gun. And uh, she shoots the scientist. Um, oh, no. She doesn't shoot the scientist. The scientist wasn't dead. It was a trick of the hologram from the synthetic diamond. It's subconics. Just roll with it. <laughs> so, and she's uh, she can you find out she's in cahoots with the burglar. No one was supposed to get shot. They're gonna take the diamond, sell it, make money, yada yada yada. You can yada 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 over comic book stuff. And uh, she then goes to take the diamond out of the cradle that it's resting in, and he, the scientist is like, no, it's still hooked up. And quacko boom, big explosion. Final page of the issue is the blonde uh, now a basically a living prism. Uh, she's rainbow colored. She's got swirly whirlies over her naughty bits so that you can't see anything. A uh, lot of color. And uh, we end the issue with <clears throat> next Sleepwalker faces his most fearsome foe yet, the Sinister Spectra in part two of Colorblindness. Yes, this is a four-part story, ladies and gentlemen, and we have only scratched the iceberg of of synthetic diamond addiction and and crazy prismatic rainbow powers all sorts of good stuff the cover it's actually a pretty fun cover it's uh 
just a close-up of Sleepwalker's face, and he's got the swirly-whirly, um, hypnotized eyes going on. It's real jarring because it's day-glow pink and day-glow yellow for the eyes. And it's him ripping his head in half with nothing but negative space behind it. This is Sleepwalker out of his mind. And you could tell, I could tell you one thing. When, when, when I was 13 years old and this issue came out, I, I put my dollar 25 down, and I could not wait to read this just based on the cover. <laughs> I would. I like this issue. I thought this was pretty cool. I, uh, you know, it, it's to this point, Sleepwalker is still kind of an enigma, which I like, and he's also not. You know, you know, he's heroic, but he's not a hero. He's very. He's not. A, human. He's very atypical for, yes. for a hero. So well, I, 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 I like the fact that we're getting something different here. You know. I, I think I mentioned this in the past is that, you know, about whatever, three, four years ago, I pared down a lot of my collection uh, as far as books that were from, you know, 2000 to now, uh, even really 1990 to now. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't keep very many books from the, from that era. Most of the books in my collection are somewhere between 1960 and 1990. All right. So uh, there are very few series that I really look to pick up post 1990 uh and well this is actually this is like right there at 1990 isn't it yeah this is 90 yeah this is this, this one 92. came out at 92 yeah because right. yeah. mm. because i had been fully unaware of this series until you started doing it on the show yeah and i recently did fill out the entire run not that i don't think i paid more than a dollar for any issue you shouldn't uh, but but i did I, I've enjoyed this enough, despite the fact that it is not in my time parameter uh, that I'm collecting it's, from. It's a but 90s, I, I, it's a 90s book, but it's not really a 90s Marvel book. Like when we think of a 90s Marvel book yet, it's not X-Men number one. You know, it's not X-Force. It's not those. It's because it, it's coming from one guy. It's not story by committee like yeah, some of those other titles were. But the, but the character is kind of unique i mean i don't see many characters like sleepwalker around i I think there's been more since then yeah uh but at this time you know they really he he was kind of i think he was kind of original uh and and we're not getting you know we're only getting his background and his personality and three-dimensionality in small little doses through these 13 issues yeah and this one feels like it's a big part of it it's showing you you know his his like almost addictive personality and and kind of a a hot edge uh, and you know that that you don't see in you know in a lot of these hero books so yeah i, I well, really enjoyed this is, is yeah. the bottom line well i mean he's an he's an alien character not from outer space but from somewhere else and it's he's clearly stronger than probably most of the people that he's meeting on the street every day in rick's neighborhood so it's it's the superman thing of how what can I do and how do I control myself when I'm interacting with these people that are not like me physically, you know, and what happens if I do have something happen where I go a little nuts, you know, who's going to stop me? Yeah, Maybe it's Spectra. I don't know. Well, and, and, you know, this, this mad scientist, it's almost like a real old trope, but it feels fresh because it's not something I've seen recently or, hadn't seen recently at this point yeah i mean it's still and i think i bring this up every time i'm on like there's a lot of throwback to classic marvel age 
storytelling in this series. <laughs> you know, it's not striving to be. It's not going to the emotional or philosophical depths of a Silver Surfer issue. Um, it's more in the wacky, zany, ultra science, super science vein of something like Challenges of the Unknown or the Fantastic Four. You know, it's it's got its feet rooted in the 60s. And I imagine that's probably because Budiansky and Blevins, they're probably in their mid 30s when they're doing this. You know, so they were probably growing up reading the Kirby Lee Ditko stuff. So that's probably where their inspiration is drawn from. They weren't really the young bucks at the time. But it, it does. He, you know, I, I think the comparison is, is warranted. He does feel kind of Silver Surfer-ish, you know, that that he doesn't belong in the world. And he's kind of like trying to make his way through. And nobody knows, you know, they, they don't look at him and think, oh, well, there's a hero. Uh, you know, like they don't know what to make of him. And I, 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 I find, like I said, I, I'm finding this particularly enjoyable. And even though I filled out the series, I only read it when you come on. Hey, you know, keep it going, stretch it out. You know, it's it gets weirder. Well, <laughs> well, is, uh, week we'll get this done in about five, six more years. God willing. Is uh, Spectra a new analog for Doctor Spectrum from like the Squadron Supreme, Squadron Sinister? Uh, I don't think now it's been a while since I've reread the whole series. I don't think they go there with that. I think it's more just she's she's just a bad girl, super bad girl, you know. Just toot toot beep beep. She was she was bad, and now she's got powers, and she's bad. So bad, bad. Yeah, but uh, oh no, this gets weirder. I believe I believe we get I believe there's some seduction and some love story coming up too here with Sleepwalker. Because he is, he is in love. Oh, because she can emit light. Oh, yeah. Oh, and he's addicted to the light. Ooh. Addicted to the light. Head for the light. Caroline. Come into the light. Oops. <laughs> oh, man. You know, yeah. sad thing with my dog. He's, uh, if I'm trying to get him to, like, go outside first thing in the morning, I, like, turn my light on my phone. And I'm like, come in, follow the light. Come on. <laughs> go outside. Whatever works. He's 17 years old, but he's hanging in Aww, there. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Who's no a more, good boy? No more impacted feces in the cat, though, right? No, no. Alvin's been fine. He shits Thank well. Thank God. He shits well. He shits well. <laughs> he coughs up the occasional hairball still, but, you know. Yeah, well, that, they're always going to do that. And you you hear that coming, especially when he's sitting at the in, end of the bed. <laughs> and you're like, get out of here. Get, get off the bed. You hear that hairball coming, coming <laughs> up. <laughs> what did you think, Bill? <laughs> Remember when you made me think I would never sing on the show? I know. That's that's that's. I've sing about five and, songs since we sat down. And now you're doing parodies. That that's even, you know, you 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 you. I've really reprogrammed you. You've ruined me. You know, for all other people, for all other podcasters. You're doing the false for all other podcasters. You're doing the fulsome. <laughs> You're doing the Folsom Prison hairball song that you just made up on the spot. <laughs> that is the sign of true genius. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I too have not read ahead in Sleepwalker, so I am I am taking these as they come, and uh, I always enjoy come, baby. Heroes Corner. Not Paul singing. <laughs> oh come on! The next time we get together, we gotta go do karaoke. I have, oh, I have a karaoke machine in the house. Oh, so then so they can just get just rip-roaring drunk. Sure. And, 
We just have to find the right karaoke CDs to use. I don't even need a CD. I do it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do want the music, though. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, good book, yeah. as usual. Yeah, it's a, it, it's the a fun art, one. When it, the art with the when it gets into the the psychedelic mindset. Every of time, Sleepwalker in, is yeah. is really good. In every issue, it's like that. It's just like the rest of it is just we're not going to do backgrounds. I'm the artist. I really want to draw the fun stuff. Do I have to draw well, the mundane? You're stuff? right. There, there is not a lot of. I mean, there's maybe a few shots in the city, but not a lot. But it's it's. Uh, oh, what is the guy we always make fun of that always would erase the. Uh, that you could, Vin, yeah, but you know what? Here, I don't care. Uh, no, but yeah. here, here there's a contrast that's created: the boring city and then the exciting laboratory. Oh, the exciting <laughs> laboratory, the beige laboratory. <laughs> no, but all the colors and you know. Yes, the, the 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 coloring on this issue is is particularly good, with especially when it comes to any of the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, that's it seems to be the case with the entire series. Um, you can you can tell you can tell Blevins is having a good time drawing angry perturbed sleepwalker i mean he's he's the super buff sleepwalker which still not a super fan of but uh it does look pretty good when he's raging out or being smoked out or it's super buff like in the upper body and arms but not in the legs the legs are still spindly yeah which i mean uh, i mean that does kind of add to the otherworldliness of him but it's yeah he should be spindly spindly but what are you gonna do Mm. Yeah, he should be spindly, but yeah, he's got a real, he's got a real chiseled butt when he's bent over the broken window there. Like that is that is angular, angular butt. <laughs> now, who's this Shalabal ch- chick that he's in love with here? Oh, oh my God, what's her name? Do we find out about her? Like, do we get a background? Story? We get a little bit more later on. It's um, it's there's a lot of stuff that happens when they kind of knew the series was headed for not continuing. So we, we still have a ways to go. Yeah. I mean, oh, you're calling her Shalaba because of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, wait a minute, I don't see your name. My beloved. Yes. We we get more we get more of of the the world of the mindscape and some more stuff about these sleepwalker rays as we go on. But again, we're only a third of the way through the entire run at this point. So yeah. And well, it's only taken us on. like five or six years to get. Yeah, this that's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I we really do have to pick up the pace. No, well, we at this, don't. Well at, well, at this rate, Hero and I, will, <laughs> I'll finish the 12-issue series by the time he finishes the full Sleepwalker series. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Hey, and then look, and then, and then I'll have an excuse to track down all of his other actual physical appearances and stuff, just so I can keep being on the show. Ah. Yeah, because we were going to kick you off if there was no Sleepwalker. You might. I don't know. What do you have to bring to the program? If you're like me, nothing. Oh, I, sorry. I... I bring love. A lot of, a lot of hyperbole. <laughs> Get him! He's bringing love. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Mr. Burns? Yes. <laughs> okay, since we've clearly run out of things to talk about. Well, let's rate it. All right. Was it, what are we here? The A B C scale. A through F. A through F. All right. Uh, this cover. Um, 
I don't know if I'd call it iconic, but I would call it extremely eye-catching in the vein of I want to give this my dollar twenty-five so I can see why this character is looking the way he's looking. Uh, I will give the cover a solid B, even with all of the negative space, because it fits the motif of the issue. Interior art, uh, mixed bag as usual, uh, though the faces do seem to be more on model in this one panel to panel than in some of the previous issues i will give the interior art a solid b as well and i will give the story an a for this one because this is the beginning of a nice uh, little mini series essentially inside of its own series and uh yeah i could not wait the 30 days to get the next issue so yeah i think that's so that's an overall that's a solid rock solid be for this issue i am very very close to your exact numbers uh, or grades i agree the cover is a solid b uh i it, the the negative space is well used it's not just putting blank so because so that you don't have to draw there uh you, you know, know it's got, a, pur- it's got a purpose space. to it yeah, but it's got a purpose. When it has a purpose, I don't mind it. When it Not just looks lazy, I do mind it when it looks lazy. <laughs> yes, this doesn't look lazy. This looks intentional. Uh, the interior art, I'm going to go slightly up from you and give it a B plus because I think Blevins really brought it in this one. I I, I, I really like the uh, the mood setting and and just the, the psychedelicness of it. I also like the uh, the Adam Ran. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Little uh, what's the little name? version of Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, little Ricky who looks like Adam Rand, uh, or his costume does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overall, I think the artwork is very cool, and I, I'm you know probably bumped up a little by what you said that you know the coloring is so well done in this one. Uh, also, I, I do think that the use of the two fold-out pages in the middle of the story don't have that feeling of okay i'm getting tired of drawing and i want to you know i want to do a, a two-page spread so that i can do less and then i could sell it for more on the internet it doesn't have that feel about no. it so uh, i'm you know when, when it has that feel i want to take the points off and this is i don't have that uh and the story had me kind of intrigued the whole time and really you know kind of just enjoying what we're getting exposed to on sleepwalker uh, so I'm going to say an A on the story, and I'm going to give it a B plus overall. All right. And the doctor. Uh, I concur with everything my esteemed colleague had said previously. Oh. <laughs> okay. B. B well, plus. A. So B plus. All right. O- overall. See, people, go go find these in the dollar bins, the quarter bins. Go go get this series. You'll have fun reading it. You probably pick the whole 32, 33 issues up in the special for less than 10 bucks. Uh, no, you probably spend about 30 bucks. About a buck uh, an issue. You, yeah. You'll average about a buck an issue. Still, it's, it's, that's, that's mm. four quarters well spent. Yeah, I think so. I was very willing to do it. So I brought Commandy number one, which I recently purchased off eBay. Wait, you brought you brought a Jack Kirby book? <laughs> Yeah, you know, no. I do like bringing Kirby books with me. Now, yes. I had, for whatever reason, only had, I liked Commandy a lot when I was a kid. But for some reason, I only had one issue in my collection. And in the last couple of years, I decided I wanted to put this one on my want list and get the, you know, the series. 
And I figured number one was going to be the toughest one to get. So finding it for 10 bucks on eBay, I thought was a pretty good find. And I am now, I have 47 issues of the series that I think ran 58. So I'm about 11 issues away from completing this series, which is pretty good. And I got the toughest one, or at least what I believe is the toughest one. Excellent. This issue came out in November of 1972, or at least the cover date is that. Uh, the cover is Commandy on a uh, an inflatable raft, and behind him is the Emp- uh, the Statue of Liberty, and I believe that might be the Empire State Building, but I'm not really sure. But it's all in water, and it says, "Beasts that act like men, men who act like beasts, see the world of Commandy, the last boy on Earth, a sensational DC Jack Kirby blockbuster." Uh, it's written by Jack Kirby, penciled by Jack Kirby. Third base, Jack Kirby. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's inked by Mike Royer, lettered by Mike Royer, and edited by Jack Kirby. The story is titled The Last Boy on Earth, uh, and the synopsis goes something like this. Commandy is the so-called last boy on Earth, growing up in an apocalyptic future. He rides a raft down the flooded street of what was once Manhattan, He sees a group of nomadic humans who flee at the sight of him. While studying them, Commandy hears an explosion emanating from his command bunker headquarters. He races back to find the base. He races back to the base to find that someone had set off the booby traps. Running inside, he is shocked to discover that two wolfmen named Fen and Steck have murdered his grandfather and stolen some documents that they found within the bunker's walls. The wolves attack Commandy, but he shrugs off the assault with some well-placed karate moves. Ha! They chase him down into the tunnels that run beneath Command D, but Commandy pulls down some wires that strike the water, electrocuting them. Emerging from the tunnels, Commandy takes the wolves' wagon and drives away. A short time later, he comes upon another amazing sight, a squad of armored tiger men embroiled in armed combat with some leopard men. Commandy finds himself caught in the middle of the conflict and is captured by the Tiger Men. The Tiger Men leader, Great Caesar, brings him back to the royal city where he is imprisoned. Commandy meets a dogman named Dr. Canis, who is the caretaker of Caesar's prisoners, as well as the keeper of a giant nuclear warhead, a holdover from days before the great disaster. Inside, inside Canis's private laboratory, Commandy meets one of the nuclear people. Ben Boxer. Commandy is ecstatic at the chance to meet another human being. And it's to be continued, needless to say. Uh, you know, this in 1972 was the, you know, in, in the throes of the highlights of the Planet of the Apes era. Yep. And, you know, it's not much of a revelation to know that this book was trying to take advantage of that particular uh, popular item, especially with the use of the uh, Statue the of Liberty and the, and, and the and the and the praising the bomb and treating it as All a hail the religious, bomb. Yeah, religious artifact. Uh, you know, the difference is Commandy will come across other people who speak and it's not just apes that talk. It's basically all animals. Uh, but otherwise, you know, when this came out, I was let's see, it's November of 72. So I would have been just 10 years old and. You know, it was right in my wheelhouse. The, you know, I loved Planet of the Apes, and, and this stuff totally fit the mold. 
I think, you know, Kirby's art was still really solid. I don't know if I really care for Mike Royer inking him so much because I feel like he could have just done a little bit more with some shadows and stuff. But other than that, I think his his work on like the faces and all is really solid. Uh, Kirby's, you know, his his skills were up there at this point still. Uh, You know, he hadn't really lost a step. Uh, you know, I always feel that Kirby could use could always use a somebody else as his editor when he was a writer. But just the same on Commandy, I feel like, you know, it was like the sky's the limit to whatever you want. And and I think it was really, really cool. So for me, this book book really hits a sweet spot. A lot of that is nostalgia, but I think the actual quality of it holds up to that nostalgia. At this yeah. point, how how long had uh, Kirby been over at D.C.? He was relatively new there. The, I think the first thing he did was that Jimmy Olsen issue. Yeah. And I'll check the date on that now. Mm. So he hadn't done uh, The Fourth World at this point yet. Uh, well, I guess, let's see, because he started that in, in Jimmy Olsen. Oh, so, okay. uh And those those are books that actually are on my want list now, too. Just his... Just his fourth world stuff. So, like, for Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, I'm only looking for those issues. He uh, he did – the first issue of that he did was issue 133, which is cover dated October of 1970. So just a month before this. So he really hadn't gone too in-depth on the fourth world yet. I wonder when the first issue of New Gods came out, because that will be also telling, I would think. There's, there's a lot of Fantastic Four in this, and there's a lot of Planet of the Apes. Like I, I was, I was sucked in from the beginning, and I'm, and I'm not unfamiliar with Commandy, but I don't think I've ever gone back and actually read this series uh, after reading this, this first issue. Though it's just like, mm, that's some good stuff. So, uh, New, New Gods first came out in March of '71. So he was, you know, that series was undergoing by the time this came out. Just yeah, but it's. Uh, Keep going. I, mean, I didn't want me to. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'll, it's it's it is very much a Kirby book. It is just here's my crazy imagination, and I'm just gonna just plop it all down on the page for you. Either you go along for the ride or get out of the way. I mean, it's like Ben Boxer is Ben Grimm. I mean, that's that's pretty much the face, the pre the pre transformation Ben Grimm. All, all the animal human designs, you know, the anthropomorphized animals look great. A lot of ugly Kirby people faces when everybody's fleeing in terror, which is exactly like <laughs> the first Planet of the Apes movie. It's just, and then all the Kirby tech, the squiggly wigglies all in the background. It's it's all there. It's if you didn't know this was a DC book, if it didn't have that branding on it, you'd swear it was just a, 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 a you know late '60s, mid '60s Marvel book. You know, because it, it look it looks like he hasn't lost a step at all. Had you ever read this bill? Not this issue. I, I just started to collect uh, Commandy. Scott got me hooked on it because we went to the t- one of the Tampa Bay co- Comic Cons. I think there was a bunch of Commandy issues for like 25 cents to a dollar. Ooh. And I picked up like a stack of them. Nice. So that was like my jumping on point. Uh, I think I got about maybe 14 or 15 issues of the series. So now it's made its way to your want list to complete that. Oh, uh, you know, it's it's it. If I see him for the cheap, I'll pick him up. 
Now, did, did Kirby write all every issue of this? No, I think he left it while it was still ongoing. Okay. Um, I don't remember now. Uh, let me see if I can look at my app and go to back to it because I was on New Gods. Would that be the CLZ app? It would be. So let's see. If I go to issue, let's say issue 30. We're still curvy at that point. Oh, halfway through. Okay. Uh, let's see. Issue 41, written by Jerry Conway. Oh, that's still be good, too, then. 35 is still Kirby. 36, Kirby. 37, Kirby. 38, Jerry Conway. All right. I might have to, uh, when I get some free time, I might have to start plugging my way through these because... Uh, this kind of stuff is right up my alley because I'm also a fan of the original Planet of the Apes movies, as ridiculous as they often get. I mean, come on, we threw the name Caesar in there too. Come on, <laughs> come on, who are you fooling, Jack? No, well, mo- most most of the issues that I have in this series, uh, I had bought at New York Comic Con uh, from a dealer that was charged. They had a tremendous amount of books, and it was two dollars a book. Oh, so. I did spend more than double what Bill did on his. Ah. Mm. Professor Allen was here. He'd smack my face. Yeah, he might be <laughs> visiting me at the end of the summer. Very cool. I'm excited. And so, I, I say me, he's visiting. He might be visiting Boston. Boston. Yeah. It's worth but, but how could you go to Boston and not see Hero? Exactly. Although the last time, the last time I went to Boston... I think I reached out to you, and for some reason you weren't in Boston, so I didn't see you. Yeah, chances are with me it was probably a wedding, because I've gone to a lot of weddings in the last couple of years. Well, this this was probably about, well, the last time I went there was probably about eight years ago. Oh, well, probably. And I I remember talking to you about what hotel I was going to stay in and all of this stuff, but I think think for reasons that I don't recall, you were not going to be in town that week. Sounds about right. And I'm usually, I'm usually when I around. found out you were coming, I made other plans. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, sorry, I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just just to go back to this issue, uh, I, I think you hit it on the head. The 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 animals all look really cool, and you know, for a comic book level thing, they're pretty well drawn in the in yeah. in the roles they're in because you don't look at them and think. It, it doesn't jump out at you quite how ridiculous they are. And, um, yeah, but again, and I, I, mean, I think of a lot of it is due to the fact that he's he's putting clothing on these beasts, so you're not noticing the fact that their animal bodies aren't really the way they should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they they look like guys with suits instead of like the modern Planet of the Apes movies where they're just let's just make them talk and have them move the same way. But again, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. It's, it's comics. I'm, I'm okay with the stretched reality. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, I mean, I especially have to keep reading this cause then they have that, the, you know, the, the little info page afterwards with Commandy's continent, you know, and it's just like, Ooh, yeah. I want to see the gorilla communes and the wild human preserve. You know, in the in the strange fire area. 
I mean, come on, that's that just seems that just seems awesome. Human herds, pay of bones. Yeah, it's like that's 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 fun stuff. So now, if I remember right, though, the humans in this series, a lot of them do speak. I don't think he's the only human that, that speaks. As long as he stays the last boy on Earth, that's the only thing that matters. And they did they did have a DC spotlight. You know, the, on the animated things, they were, they were doing, like, the shorts. Yeah. Uh, and I think they had it on the JSA one. They had a commandy short of this, and I watched it, and I can't even remember. I think it is an a, an adaptation of the you know the first story. Oh, nice. I mean, hmm. I I've seen the the episode of Brave and the Bold where the the cold open is Batman in the future with commandy, and that's just mm, so good. Oh yeah, I, and that's the uh, you know the Haney verse where anything could happen. Yeah, Batman's over in Commandy's world. What's wrong with that? What nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead on this i think the cover is iconic and it's an a i think the interior artwork is spot on except for the slightest problem i have with the inking that i mentioned that it, i feel like it could just use a little bit more in the way of shadows and stuff uh but i i think that's gonna just drop it to an a minus and the story it, it's just fun it's batshit crazy but it's fun so i'm gonna give it an a i'm giving the book an a I love there's, it. I'm glad no, I bought it. There's no bats in here. <laughs> give it give it time. Give it time. <laughs> will, it bat bat, will it be Batman? Will it be Batman? Batman well. <laughs> bat boxer. I, I I yeah, it's I, I I don't know if I'll be disagreeing too too much. The the cover is great. It that's that is a cover I would want as a poster because it's it's Kirby art and it's wrecked New York City like Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah, the cover is definitely an A. The interior art, it's uh, it's still Jack Kirby. Um, I don't think it's his best work, so I can't give it an A, but I'll give it a B plus. And uh, the story, uh, man, it, it wrote me. And even though I'm familiar with this this character in in this world, but now I want to be more familiar with it. So yeah, I'd give that story an A as well. So that's that's a that's a solid A book right there, people. Hmm, maybe we could do the Sleepwalker Commandy. Prince Amethyst Corner. <laughs> I'm next down time. for it. Next time. <laughs> next time we'll do we'll do. Uh, I don't know what you're up to on Amethyst, but we'll do Commandy Two and Sleepwalker Fourteen. Commandy Two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> you want to rate? Uh yeah. That sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's going to be the uh, Scott Gardner contrarian, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of iconic stuff in here. Very, very Planet of the Apes. Um, you know, I just noticed all the birds flying around uh, the Statue of Liberty, too. Like, there's there's a couple. Those are some, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Kind of big white birds, like doves. Like big doves. Like big, really, huge. really big. Yeah, they look like they're like six feet, you know. Well, we'll put it in perspective that it's where it is in relation to the Statue of Liberty and how big it has to be to look that was, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they could be closer to the camera. True. Maybe. Um, uh, cover... Oh, yeah. The, I'd say the cover is an A, uh, if not an A+. The interior, uh, you know, it's got all the the Kirby touches. Uh, I give it a... B plus A minus and the story, you know, it's the beginning of a great story. Uh, I'll give it an A. 
So overall, I'll give the book an A. 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 So two solid books this time out. Yeah. Thankfully. We'll see how we do with Sleepwalker 14, Commandy 2, and Amethyst whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but, uh, that'll, that'll be fun when we do that. It's always fun. It is. Hope the people have fun listening, because we're going to say bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. That was quick. That's what what you said. Oh! Hey! Oh! Let's go! when when, When you have fun books to read, and there's not, you know, stuff that's totally taking you out of the story then it's yeah you know there's less to dissect when it's good you know it's funny because you know there there have been occasions where i've seen some criticism like you know if you don't like a book why do you even cover it and yet when we don't like a book uh, i generally find that we go on and on much longer yeah yeah well because we're looking ah look at this page and Yeah, I mean, there's usually more, you know, when something sucks, there's more stuff to talk about. If you really enjoy it, then it's just, damn it, I I really enjoyed this. This was good. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll intentionally pick something shitty next time. Like Amethyst. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I'd still still rather read that than a lot of crap that comes out.